That is a dream of mine. I don't know if we will ever see it in reality, but I want a gymnast who just has the ability and kind of the no fucks to give to be like, every week I'm doing something different. I'm going to get a 995 or 10 every week, but because I'm this good, I'm just going to see what I feel like doing. We'd really love you to be great in March and April, so yeah. you don't have to grind it out every single week in February. I'm a Florida fan. I know people have opinions about fans of Florida. People have opinions about fans of everywhere. Every fan base is annoying except your own. She was in beast mode this week, really pulling it out when her team needed her on multiple events. <laughs> any of the gymnasts they put up within their depth can go at any place in the lineup and score whatever the hell they want. It makes you want the judges to be stricter when people aren't hitting those leap positions as extended as mm -hmm. Anya Pilgrim. Yeah. <laughs> That's the only way you're going to get differentiation between the scores mm -hmm. no matter what kind of rotation they're having like on beam where it's a mess or on vault where everyone's great she's keeping everyone level so here's my theory on that double back with kenty mac welcome to season three of double back with kenty mac each week i'll watch a meet and discuss it with a friend this week, please welcome back Connor. Hey, welcome to the show, Connor. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, we got to talk last year at the Maryland meet. That's when we met and yep. been looking for a time to have you on the show since then. So thanks so much. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. So tell me about your gymnastics background a little bit. When did you become a fan of gymnastics in general? And when did you become a fan of college gymnastics? So I think like many gay boys of my age, I fell in love with gymnastics around the 2012 Olympics, Ali Raisman and Michaela Maroney, the entire team, but in particular, Ali Raisman and the struggle of the one and a half to double Arabian punch front and in the moment, getting it right at the floor exercise and the fluff pieces around this silly little punch front. And then from there, that's when I first started following gymnastics for an entire season. So through 2013, an entire season and seeing the rise of Simone Biles. And then loved Kyla Ross as well when she retired and I found out she was going to UCLA. I had really no idea what college gymnastics was. So into 2017 is when I started following NCAA gymnastics more and more and more. And really in part for Kyla Ross and the more successful she got in NCAA gymnastics, the more I tuned into it. So 2019, was the year I really buckled down and started to watch meets every week. I would say it really like skyrocketed and an upward climb in my interest watching Suni Lee and Simone Biles and same thing into 2021 and waking up very early to watch the Olympics with everything that happened and then following those gymnasts from the 2021 team into NCAA is when I've over the last few years really invested a lot of time <laughs> watching these watching meets 2022 is when I started doing fantasy gymnastics just with a few friends and then last year just randomly on Twitter I posted who wants to start a queer fantasy gymnastics league thinking maybe five or ten people would sign up 40 people replied so I had to create several leagues and so since really 2022 more and more time in fantasy leagues and watching NCAA gymnastics How's fantasy going for you this season? Depends on the league. I don't, 
I think a total of 15 leagues, 12 in the Gymlytics, three in the Gymcastic one. So some I'm doing great. Some I'm not doing so great. Some I keep missing trades, not because I don't put in trades, but because I end up being so last in the trade order that no matter how many options I choose, they all get picked. Some I haven't had a trade at all and I'm in first place consistently, which is really fun. And then the more leaks that I have, the more gymnasts I feel inclined to pay attention to. Yeah, I've found that to be true as well, that it really helps me get to know a lot more athletes on different teams and follow them. And it's even been true with Winter Cup. Are you playing the Winter Cup fantasy? No, I didn't have time to do it this week, but I'm excited that they're going to continue it through the rest of the elite season because I'm so down for that. Yeah, I... I didn't research scores as much in Elite. I just kind of tune in and go with the flow. But this week, it caused me to go back and look at everybody's past scores and what events they're great at and that sort of thing. And it's made me much more excited to tune into Winter Cup now because I feel like I've got a little bit more background on these folks. So excited to see what happens there. It's fun to research and watch the gymnasts that... I mean, Haley Bryant's great. Trinity Thomas is great all the gymnasts that we know, but it's fun to feel excited to watch all of the gymnasts. Yeah. Yeah. When you find that Noelle Adams from Iowa state, who's knocking out the nine nines on multiple events every week, you feel like, it's Oh wow. I've helped kind of discover something. It's the Kendall Whitman for me and yeah. in DC and being able to watch her when they compete at home is beyond incredible yeah yeah there's a, a number of freshmen across the country that have been super exciting to watch this year hannah horton from missouri mm -hmm. where'd she come from she's amazing <laughs> she's so under the radar until they're meet the tigers or whatever everyone just suddenly started picking her for her draft or, or for the drafts or planning to trade for her um Another one for me in some of my deeper leagues, Ava Volpe. Mm -hmm. Iowa, yeah. Iowa, that mid 9-8 range with those deeper leagues that I have with like 20 people in them. Or we've got some leagues where we'll do a round two draft. So you have to pick the gymnasts that haven't been picked from the round one draft. And so those mid 9-8s in those leagues can't sleep on them because you need them. Yes. That's great. Oh, that sounds fun. I should get into one of your leagues next season. That sounds like a fun one. <laughs> you can tell. I will never say no to another league. So you know where to find me. Excellent. One other thing, just before we jump into the meet, I saw this week that Elena Arenas retired. Did you see that? I did. Yeah, so sad. I'm so sorry to hear that. I know she was having back troubles and just wanted to take a moment to say thank you for all the wonderful gymnastics that we've been able to enjoy from her, wishing her all the best in her future. I actually was in college at the same time that her mom was at Georgia, and I attended mm -hmm. the University of Alabama. So I got to see Kim Arnold compete mm -hmm. week after week and <laughs> loved her gymnastics and by proxy have been so excited for Elena's college career. And we're sorry that it's ending now, but wishing you all the best. Yeah, I think she has a lot to be proud of, not just in the achievements of 
being an SEC vault champion with a Yurchenko Fool, which is a statement in and of itself and her incredible career before college, but also she was such an integral part of LSU's teams during some wild times, which regardless of her gymnastics, I think just shows how incredible she'll be now that she's out of the sport. Yeah, truly. So coming into this meet, I had a few questions and things I was looking for from each team. From Florida, I've been interested in their lineup stability and how far they're relying upon all-arounders versus working new folks into the lineup. So I was curious if Lazari was going to go all around or Win or Wong or if we might see more people worked in. And also the sticks, how the sticks are looking. We're a little bit past the midpoint in the season and I know they're really focusing on that. Mm-hmm. For LSU... They've been curious to me. For such a deep team, you think you would see lots and lots of people in these lineups. They've kind of been relying on a lot of the same folks from week to week. And I'm imagining there's going to be a rest week coming up. So all the fantasy players out there, watch out. It's coming at some point. Is it though? Because I know we say LSU didn't have depth last year, but they had some depth. And they never rested Haley. They never rested Aaliyah. It is just so peculiar to me how teams are so afraid now to have a rest week where there is a score where they could potentially get a 196 or 195 to rest a Haley Bryant, to rest, if, you know, uh, Michigan, Sierra Brooks. I know Michigan has a lot more injuries, but it is so fascinating to me that now that we're in the NQS portion of the season where you know you're going to make it to a regional. It's like, relax, fine. Put five gymnasts up one week. And particularly for, back to Michigan, regular season's basically over because MSU is undefeated in the regular season. They won the championships. Count five gymnasts in one week and rest your gymnasts if you can. If you have five straight scores that are good. LSU, same thing. Put up other gymnasts or just put up five gymnasts if you really, really, really need to rest. To me, though, that just shows that these gymnasts don't need to rest. So I, I'm always more surprised than not when the schools that have depth actually use the depth instead of just letting them sit in the wings. I wonder, too, if part of it is also from the athlete's uh, desire. I heard an interview with Jay Clark where he talked about, you know, we have team goals, but each of these athletes has their own goals as well, you know? Leah Finnegan and Haley Bryant, they all might be very driven to have these all-around scores and get the most titles and get the most tens. You know, they all have their own individual goals as well. And I'm sure it's kind of a negotiation from, look, we'd really love you to be great in March and April. So you don't have to grind it out every single week in February. Yeah, from an audience standpoint, you do have to trust the coach and the team a little bit and trust that the gymnasts are healthy enough and feel healthy enough. Like the fact that Kaya has been doing so many floor routines this year is wild. However, she's known that her Achilles was going to rupture for four years. So I'm sure she has a good inclination of how she's feeling better than anyone else can tell her. Yeah. Same thing back to Michigan. I know we're talking about UF versus LSU, but Bev is like prides herself on saying, I'm not putting a gymnast up that's not 100% ready. So like they may have depth on paper, but there's 
probably a reason why they're not using their depth. Yeah, yeah. You also look at these SEC competition schedules. There isn't really an off week. You know, they're up against a top opponent every single week. LSU's final home meet is against North Carolina. But of course, that's their final home meet. So it's going to be senior night. There's going to be a lot of hype around that. So I'm sure they're not going to want to set out certain events on senior night. <laughs> if anything, they're going to do more because they'll let the seniors exhibition. Yeah. Do, yeah. You know. So to the meet we watched, LSU versus Florida, number two versus number five, you were particularly interested in this one. Why were you interested in watching this meet? So I'm... I was raised in Florida. I did not go to UF, but I was accepted to UF. So I just have like a little natural affinity to UF. And I love the legacy of the Florida program. I'm a Florida fan. I know people have opinions about fans of Florida. People have opinions about fans of everywhere. Every fan base is annoying except your own, which is fine. I love that. Like, we love sports. And I went to this meet two years ago. And this was around the time that NIL started to become a thing. So this was like truly the first few meets of the year where people in and out of gymnastics were starting to be like, oh, NCAA is about to become really, really marketable. And it was a really fun meet to go to it. And the scoring was also kind of wild in, in that way too, where and we'll get into it. There's some routines and performances that I thought could be a 10 that did not get a 10 two years ago. And today, and then there are some routines and performances where you look at it and whatever the judges are having, I would like a hit of that too, because they might be feeling real nice and real pretty because what were they thinking? You thought that could be a 975 <laughs> and it was not a 975. <laughs> I guess not. I mean, this is why I'm not a judge, maybe. And I also like, also I'm not at the angle of the judges, which is another argument, but it's a fascinating me. And then I also just like the energy of these two teams. Like they are not afraid to go for it. Both of their fan bases are wild and loud and they have just great star gymnasts on the team. Yeah. It was very exciting energy at the O-Dome. When you saw the meet two years ago, it was in Florida as well. Yeah. That meet Trinity got a 9975 on vault. Sloan got a 9975 on floor and Naya got a 10 on floor. Nice. When you hear the Florida gymnasts say that the O-Dome shakes, it shakes. It is loud. It is raucous. It is so fun. That's awesome. (laughs) So Florida kicked things off on vault. They put up all 10 O's, which I thought looked very strong. There were no sticks. I thought Anya Pilgrims was maybe the closest. She landed in a very strong position and moved one foot. Uh, But I thought hers really stood out to me. And Victoria Wynn, I thought she showed a very nice combination of height and distance. We didn't see both from all the athletes, but I thought hers was very nice. Little small hop forward. I thought that's the first one that really should have been a 9-9. That's what I scored it too. Yeah, It was good, not great. No sticks, little form, little lack of amplitude. One thing that I remember in one of the interviews that Jenny did with All Things Gymnastics is she's kept saying, we're trusting the process. We're trusting the process. And she said it so many times. And this kind of 
shows that to me where they're not trying to win the national championships in week eight. They're going to try to win the national championships in the final week. And it's going to shows that to me. Like this is the first time they're putting 10 O's, whereas LSU has put five out of six or six out of six before many times this season, same as other schools. And I don't think they're trying to be, they probably say they're trying to stick, but I don't think they're trying as hard as they need to, which is, at this point in the season, fine. Like, relax right. your body. Go for the form. Clean that up. And then you've got time for the landings later. Yeah. And a few extra momentum landings from Florida mm-hmm. versus a couple of meets I've seen earlier in the season. They were a little under on the momentum steps back. This, I thought, V had a little hop forward. Mm-hmm. Leanne Wong, a little hop back on her backward landing. But mm-hmm. that's exactly what you want to do. You want a little bit extra if you're not going for the absolute stick. Yeah. But like you said, it was good, not great. Judges didn't think so. They thought it was great. I would, and I love that for them. Yeah. 49.6 in this rotation. I scored it out of 49.3. This was a season high for Florida. <laughs> and we were off to a good start. <laughs> yeah, they were. Meanwhile, LSU started on bars. Bars was the most conservatively scored event of the night. I thought the interior of most of the routines looked really strong. It was really just the landings that they couldn't zero in on. Kai Johnson, so aggressive on her handstands. That great replay where her feet snapped together and the puff of chalk came up. I thought she was going to tear her Achilles just from that. Because that, I could hear it. It's so powerful. Yeah. So, you know, little hops, little steps. Sav did a beautiful job. The way she does her Jaeger is so impressive. I just love watching that. She was a little short on her double front half, small hop forward. And then Bridget thought that Haley Bryant stuck her dismount, but she actually slid to the side just a little bit. So no sticks there. Can we talk about Bridget? Yes. I, I love Bridget great gymnast really great commentator i love her new podcast i do wish she would point out deductions because she has such an excellent commentating voice and style she brings great energy and great energy and presentation that you can't learn from her communications degree like that it is so natural just so many times she will not say a gymnast missed a handstand or a gymnast missed a landing like with Haley like Haley did not really stick the landing and this won't say it yeah she didn't catch it in real time and then they showed the replay and a few times in this meet to Bridget's credit she would see something on the replay that she had missed in real time and say oh there was a shoulder down there there was an arm circle there but we just watched Haley Bryant hop to the side and Bridget said she nailed it. It was perfection. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, okay. All right. The judges caught that nine, nine, two, five for Haley Bryant. <laughs> yeah. I, on my scoring, I actually had LSU slightly higher than what the judges gave them a 49, two, seven, five. I gave them a 49, four. Wow. Relatively clean. So they would have been in the lead after the first rotation. Mm -hmm. 
As things were, they were just about three tenths shy going into the second rotation. One of my questions coming into the meet is, where is Chase Brock? Will we see Chase Brock? When they circled up the seven to do the little cheer before they started vault, Chase was there. So I think she's the alternate. I think she's yeah. number seven. <laughs> Maybe we'll see her at some point. That's what I think the, the team and the gymnasts know who is the most ready. Chase has one of the most beautiful vaults in the NCAA when she hits. So I'm putting a lot of trust in Jay Clark, which can backfire or be the best egg, the best baskets to put your eggs in. But she must not be as ready as the other gymnasts. Yeah, we did see that one time she competed. She was very low and mm-hmm. several steps back, 9.5. So hopefully she'll be ready in the next few weeks and we'll get to see all the training clips of that vault look amazing. <laughs> So good. So good. But the standouts for me in this rotation, Amari Drayton in the third spot, she drilled that 1.5. She opens out of it before she lands. There's just a great style, really beautiful landing. I was super excited by that fault. She got a 9.975. You can tell she can do more, which is, I think, one of the things I look for when gymnast score 10 is if you do it perfectly but it looks like you're trying i say this as someone who's never done gymnastics before but besides a few adult classes that's great but these gymnasts that can just like amari she opens up way before she knows exactly where she is and it just looks like she can do more like she's just chilling through this one and a half it's so incredible yeah In previous meets, I've seen her open out, have a little extra power, take that big step. So again, that's a great place to be as she starts zoning in on this landing. And it was beautiful to see this one be the one that she hit. (laughs) I also loved Kaya Johnson's vault in this rotation. She had gone back to the Yurchenko full last week. She's back to the Yurchenko double. It still is a little funky in the air. But she sure did stick this one. It's an elite double twist, you know, and it's an elite double twist, but also it's an NCAA double twist because, as they say on Gymcastic, what happens in the air stays in the air, particularly for double twists, as we've seen for virtually everyone who's done a double twist and gotten a 10. And she's doing a double twist, which is really, really, really incredible. She's paying homage to Winter Cup. <laughs> Can we talk about how this is the event that Haley has not gotten in 10 on this season? She did that funky one. Was that last week or two weeks ago where she was a little crunched in on the table and landed sideways? Yeah, there's been a few of them where she like has gone to the side as opposed to like hopping back. Then there was the one time where she got 9975 and she had a, a shuffle to the side. So I am curious to see what the rest of the season looks like. Yeah. For that. I thought this was one of her prettier ones. It was great height, really opened out. Just that scoot back on the landing. I'm just looking right now. She's still ranked number third in the NCAA. (laughs) Maybe that says more about the scoring than about the landing. And that's the thing too. I think it's it's a little inflated, but I would still have her up there because her these are her worst faults. Yeah, they are still 
top of the NCAA. I maybe not as high as third in the country, but still her worst faults are some of the best in the NCAA for sure. And like we were saying earlier, you don't need to stick in February. You need to stick in March and April. So maybe Haley is just pacing herself. Yeah. Don't worry about me, y'all. I'm taking my hop until we get to March. <laughs> what a fun meet for Savannah Shane here to be oh, yeah. at Florida. I'm ready for her to find her landing because there was times at Florida where she would drill the landing and it would be incredible. And I'm ready for her to, to do that. This one looked like the body was in exactly the right position because when her feet scooted back, her upper body didn't move at all. She yeah. just was maybe a tiny bit short and needed to shift her feet. Mm -hmm. And the commentators, I don't remember if it was Bridget or Bart, said that she had gotten lost in warm-up and was having a hard time finding the landing. So that that feels a little scary. And for her to be able to pull out a very strong vault, not with the great landing, but to do it as well as she did, I thought that's great comeback for her. When we hear that, it always amazes me when in the warm-up, they just crash and burn. And then in the heat of the moment, when it really counts, bam. Yeah. Yeah, that's why they're superhuman. Yeah, <laughs> gonna be me. We just get to watch. Yeah. So I counted two sticks for LSU's vault. I scored them the exact same, forty-nine five five. Florida was on bars in this rotation, and of course, coming off of a lower-scored LSU bars rotation, I was curious to see what was going to happen. Sloan Blakely started them off so strong. She's can be a little hit or miss on, on this routine, but I thought everything mm -hmm. seemed right on the best I've seen from her and then drilled her double front dismount. Sloan always scares me on bars. When she does her pack, she looks like she has so little swing. I'm just like, she's not going to make it. She's not going to make it. She's not going to make it. And then she has a, her, her pack really, really well. This was a fascinating bars rotation. The, yeah, the facade started to crumble a little bit after Sloan. The next three athletes had a, a trouble on a cast handstand. So V struggled on her cast half, and then both Dizador and Lazari missed their handstands and had to recast. Yeah. Now, I'm not a judge. I don't know exactly what the deductions are on there. I assume it's just the missed handstand, and then you're a little bit more tired because you've done the cast handstand twice. <laughs> So. Yeah, I think in the J.O. code, and I could be very wrong, there's a break in rhythm deduction that is not followed in the NCAA code because the NCAA code is just like a nicer version of the J.O. code. So technically, there have been gymnasts who've been given a 10 at least by one judge when they've hit a perfect handstand and then recast. Mm. They hit a perfect handstand, but technically a cast is a skill. And if you have a deduction on the cast based off of the NCAA code, from my understanding and from what the judges have given before, and I can't remember the exact examples, if you do two casts in a row perfectly, there's no deduction there. So the dedu deduction is only the missed handstands, but you're right. Both of those gymnasts were off on their handstands. Yeah. And then I would give V a rhythm because when she kind of struggled to get that cast handstand over, 
it seemed like she might go back the wrong way. There was kind of a little yeah. awkward thing. I mean, the fact that she got it over the top was pretty amazing. I think that's what you want to see too. It's like, yeah. And at this point in the season, like just go for it. And we learned that if it comes down to it, it's such a hypothetical until it's a reality. Every score counts. LSU, yeah. who they're up against, can prove it. Look at regionals last year. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. So this answered one of our questions, which is, what events are we going to see Ali Lazari on? She didn't vault this week, but we saw her on bars. Her full end was drilled after missing that handstand and having to recast. That's a great way to fight back from a routine that had some struggles. Yeah. And then Anya Pilgrim, she might have been my favorite interior of the routine. The swing, mm -hmm. the line, the handstands, absolutely gorgeous. She pops that huge full in up, but then it just ended up a little bit short and she took a big step forward. But everything on the bars, I thought from her was so beautiful. How do you feel about UF having most of the same routines of a Maloney to pack? Yeah. For me, the Maloney packs that then have the Van Laven, that sets it apart from the Maloney bales. I think the Maloney bales, where they then just squat back up and do a full in or a double layout, that's the one that I feel like is not up to the level. I'd like a change where Maloney bale needs something else to be up to the level. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Credit to them for capitalizing off of what I'm assuming is the coaching style of Owen, who probably knows how to coach that really, really, really well. Sure. Obviously, because they've gotten really high 49 sevens before in the past with a lineup full of that. And Maloney pack squad on. I'm shocked that that counts as up to level. Yeah. I will say there's a lot of teams that kind of find what works for them. I saw Maryland meet earlier this season. They do a lot of giant half Jaegers. Mm -hmm. And Arizona does a lot of Tkachevs facing the low bar into bales or overshoots. Yeah. It's funny when you see a team that like all starts to look. There was a season four or five years ago where every single one of the Utah bar routines looked exactly the same. Mm-hmm. So I can't fault a team for sort of finding what works and honing in on it. Yeah. But I do think, yeah, Maloney Bale needs to needs to have a little something extra to be a 10 for me. Yeah. It makes you, for the Florida team in particular, it makes you miss Kayla DiCello, who could yeah. to the Ray, to the pack, to the media toe on. And she, if she was feeling hot, she would do pack into the Van Leeuwen. Suni, when she was at Auburn, every week she would do different combinations of those skills. I want a gymnast who will commit. That is a dream of mine. I don't know if we will ever see it in reality, but every week just has the ability and kind of the no fucks to give to be like, every week I'm doing something different. I'm going to get a 995 or 10 every week, but because I'm this good, I'm just going to see what I feel like doing. And it could be on beam, a front aerial to back handspring. And then the next week it's a triple series, whatever. Yeah. I, I, love I, that. I would love that. SUNY really what got close there, but I would love a gymnast who's just, I'm going to do something every week. That'd be so fun. What about on floor if somebody pulled a Sydney Johnson Sharf and every week there was different music and oh. choreo? Also great. 
also great. I mean, people are going to hate me saying this, but the one person who could do it is Jade Carey because she does whip out a new floor routine every season, three times a year. It's not different choreography, but it is a new floor routine. She could do different tumbling every week too. That too. Yeah, exactly. If she did tumbling and different music and if it was the same choreography, I would I'd buy that. I'd like, watch that. Warm up one of your elite tumbling passes. Yeah. Do that as the mount and then do your whatever. Yeah. Front layout, front full. <laughs> yeah, do your easy front layout step out to double double. <laughs> That'd be great. That would be great. Leanne Wong wrapped this up with the most gorge dismount stick. Yeah. I mean, talk about sinking into that landing of the double layout. That was a little piece of chalk flew up behind her. <laughs> she wasn't I'm, moving. I'm so impressed with her. And I know the commentators say it every single week, but for and someone tweeted this, we'll get to it later, but she got her gym slam. And so within the span of a few months, she got her second gold medal at Worlds. She was an alternate in 22, member of the team 2023, and she got her gym slam. That she is the, probably the most successful gymnast we've ever seen go, like, maintain both levels of NCAA and elite. That's very incredible. For the handful of athletes that are going for the Olympics this summer, we've seen very different college trajectories, right? Jade is just doing her two events. She'll mm -hmm. jump into vault when she needs to. But she's pretty much sticking to bars and beam. I thought we might see the same from Leanne Wong. She's done all around in every meet except two, where she did three events in those two meets. <laughs> so I thought, when is Leanne taking her break? I guess but April is going to be her break. You see it on LSU too with Connor and Aaliyah, who's going for the Philippines. Just the different approaches and pacing is so fascinating and, and really cool to see that gymnasts we, we used to associate ncaa and elite as mostly separate yeah and very once in a while were gymnasts even remotely successful at doing both at the same time or even doing ncaa and then going back but now so many different paths are being forged to be able to do both at the same time or whichever order you want. You can postpone college like Jade did for 10 years, basically, and start college when you're 21 to compete and or like Shailise postpone for 20 years and probably not go to college. I love it. It's it's really cool to see. And it, it brings better athletes to the sport and continues to make the sport more marketable and more successful. Yeah, I think Sabrina Vega was a freshman when she was 24 or something like that. Yeah. Which is so cool. Like Which is amazing. It, and she yeah. had an amazing collegiate career too. Yeah. We need more of that. But yeah, I if I were really a Finnegan or some of the others that already have their spot, Chenge from Nebraska, I feel like that's a slightly different position than someone like Leanne, who's gonna have to go through the full elite season and try and make the u.s team i would have thought we would see a lot more rest weeks but she was in beast mode this week nothing lower than a 995 at this meet 39.875 really pulling it out when her team needed her on multiple events yeah she, she's absolutely was the star of florida's team today 
Absolutely. I would agree. I noted during the second rotation break when they interviewed Jay Clark, he was being very generous and he said, both teams got hammered a little bit on bars. <laughs> I thought, I don't think he saw much of the Florida team because... Uh, Jay is a fascinating interview. I think yeah. in this interview, he used less of like those Southern analogies of this rotation was a tickle to the wind to the left and because like he just talks in analogies and today he was just like yeah both teams got hammered it's very straightforward we want to stick yada yada thanks goodbye i was that's just a little thing about jay that i always notice and you're right i I did notice that too i was was very curious how much he was watching uf he must not have seen it he must have just seen that the scores were low and he knew that his scores were low but those were very different bar rotations. How did you score the two bar rotations against each other? So I had LSU at a 49.4 for bars, so 0.125 higher than what they actually got. And for UF, a 49.05, which is 0.175 lower. Yeah, that feels like a better separation, just given visually what you saw in those two rotations, whereas the actual scores had them just half a tenth apart, which doesn't feel like enough separation. I think LSU certainly nailed the interior of those routines and just couldn't find all the landings, whereas Florida struggled on the landings and a lot of the handstands. Yeah, they struggled on the landings and the handstands and getting back to the composition of the Maloney pack judges are not taking deductions for like separations for amplitude for any of that. And there's no separation of scoring. So that's probably why all of those scores get jumbled together. When in reality, the difference between, to be honest, Sloan and Leanne should be like a 10th or two tenths, Yeah, but they were around the same within a 10th of each other because judging We'll just give it there. Judging. Judging. <laughs> so after the second rotation, the, the teams were tied. I thought even though the scoring was a little out of control, it felt right for LSU to make up that much difference because they had a really strong vault rotation and Florida really gave away a lot on bars. So heading over to rotation three, Florida started out on the beam. I don't know what my expectations were of Skylar Drazier coming into this season, but she has been so solid, especially on beam competing every week or almost every week. Mm -hmm. I mean, they needed some new people to come into these lineups and give those solid leadoff scores and three cheers to Skylar. She's filling that position exactly right. This is the year of the freshman leadoff. <laughs> we have Skyler, <laughs> we have Delaney in at Kentucky. And it's really impressive that these gymnasts can score that well in the leadoff, which shouldn't be a thing, but they can. And this is that's how they start their collegiate career is yeah. owning a high pressure spot in the lineup which makes me so much more excited to see where they end up in the next three years. But in the immediate, it's so impressive. Is that the position that Raina Worley did in the Molly Korth days? Was she that freshman leadoff 
Or was hmm. she like fourth and fifth before Molly? That's a good question. I'm not sure. I need to go back and look that up because I thought I see sort of a trajectory, right? Delaney is yeah. that leadoff, solid, no misses, everything yeah. 9825 or 985 this season. And then she's going to slide into those later lineup spots when she's an upperclassman. Yeah, I would be fascinated to track the superstar gymnasts over the years and see. Because we associate so many things with lineup positions and what number one versus number four versus number six means. Yeah, I would just be so curious to see that. Reina's a great example. And I wonder I wonder who else has had a similar trajectory of solid to start the team in their underclassmen years. And then once they get into their upperclassmen years, they are, to take an analogy from the LSU team, the Hammers, who drive the scores. I didn't quite understand the hammers. You might have to explain that to me, or maybe that's just a Jay Clark thing. I think, well, I think it's the Jay Clark analogy thing that just makes no sense. And he just says whatever comes to his mind, but like really powerful, forceful, I think hammer the scores in. I'm really obviously scraping at the bottom of the barrel for Jay Clark. So (laughs) I'll take it. That that sounds fair. And if you have to explain it, it's not funny. It doesn't make sense. So maybe he should workshop it. But <laughs> Well, speaking of someone who does not need to be in the sixth spot to score well, Anya Pilgrim was in the number three spot in this beam rotation. An absolutely ideal routine. Yeah. She gets great lift on that gainer full, stuck it. All of her leaps, her extension is just so beautiful. I thought... She deserved that 9975. Another gymnast who looks like she can do more. Mm -hmm. I would have given this a 10 because there wasn't really anything to take. And I feel like at some point, some of the judges just take things because it wasn't enough, but wasn't enough isn't in the code. And I think part of that is just like, it looks so easy for her. Like she could definitely do more. She never ceases to amaze on any event. I was really sad with Ellie. Yeah. This is her event. I, I know it's part of her comeback. And in past interviews, she's said that she's had to come to terms with her comeback taking longer than she wanted, mm-hmm. which is great. Again, part of the process, as Jenny Rowland said, they're not trying to win the national championships in this week. Even though Ellie was a little wobbly everywhere, she still kept it under control. Here's the thing. So she was short on her front aerial. And I think someone pointed this out on Twitter. She comes in short on her front aerial a lot. Mm-hmm. This one caused a bigger wobble, a leg up, and then she wobbled on her full turn after that. But it seems like maybe something's going on. If Jay can go back and workshop his mid-rotation break interview, maybe Ellie and Jenny can go back and workshop the landing on this front aerial, because... It's not the first time it's come in short like this. I wonder what else she's able to do. Yeah. It, it, I don't think I could be wrong, but Ellie doesn't give me a punch front tuck vibe or a front toss vibe because you need something going forward. And I don't know what would replace that. Does her cartwheel into gainer full count as a uh, forward or sideward? Acro. Mm. I don't think so. Not for dismounts. 
Maybe. So you would need a side aerial or a side I, summy or something. I think so. I could be wrong, but I think for dismounts, you have to do a lot more. That's why back in the day when it was aerial cartwheel to front full, oh, yeah. um, that didn't count as an acro. But when Caitlin Ohashi did the back handspring layout step out to full that counted as an acro series remember it's when okay. she injured herself and then had to redo her dismount the next week even though with she a broken sternum yeah broken sternum which is wild she she technically had two acro series because of that yeah i think for the round off double twists like leanne wong's i feel like that counts as a forward or sideward for the round off but i'm Maybe it doesn't. I don't think so because they still have Leanne still does a forward or sidewards in her routine. Yeah, she does the front aerial as well. So I don't, I don't know if that's so. just to get extra bonus or if she absolutely has to do that. But it's a good question. Yeah. Any judges out there? Let us know. Why is it no more? Can Ellie just drop the front aerial? Does she need another D? If she just needs another D, I would say she can probably do another leap. Yeah. To get credit for that. Another leap, do a, and if she has to do a front wars, just do a front walkover if she's able to with her hands. Yeah. Or front handspring. One armed front handspring? Get it named. <laughs> the Lazari. So V mounts with her roll. I love this roll. I think it looks so pretty. They showed it during the mid-break when everyone was warming up and then we got to see it again. I, I just love her. Okay. I just love her. I just, her gymnastics is exquisite. Yeah. Great. It's not flashy in the gymnastics, but it's flashy in the smoothness, if it makes sense. It just, the way everything from start to finish is one piece just makes you want to watch it again and again and again. Her movement quality is really exquisite. Beautiful job here. Very oversplit on her leaps. Stuck her dismount. Maybe a little soft in the knees there. And then dropped her shoulder during her acro series, which I thought 995 might have been a little high for me. I might have gone 99 on that one. Yeah. I she covered, I mean, she did not break the connection, which is great. But it for that to be 995 is again. What happens in the air stays in the air, I guess. We had some Florida fans. They had already had three hurricanes at this point. It was rotation three. <laughs> so the judges were like ready we to go. Separate hurricanes. Oh my goodness. That is a great analogy because everything's everywhere. Yeah. And they are raining scores. And once again, Leanne was just in beast mode. Everything mm -hmm. was right on. The biggest deduction that I saw was her round off double twist. The form in the air was just a little soft, and yeah. then she kind of leaned forward to stick it. Yeah, that's the only deduction I took as well. I would love for her to find another dismount for NCAA, because realistically speaking, there's no way she should get a 10 at any point, even if she sticks it, because the leg form, which is a shame, because everything else is so good. And I know twisting is very, very, very hard, but it is... Not my favorite thing, especially when I was at the 
national championships in 2021 for elite when she hurt her ankle on the two and a half. Oh, yeah. Mm. So anytime she does a Dean dismount, I grip on. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm so scared for you. <laughs> Flashbacks. Because <laughs> it I is, I mean, it, it is in part probably because of the legs. Like she puts them together and has to separate them before she lands and that is it just I, I don't like to think about it because that was a really sad moment too because I love Leanne and I never want to see her injured ever again what about the gainer pike off the end she would crush that <laughs> she be great she should just do that like I she could do anything we, we've seen she can a, a gymnast who could do something different every single week on yeah true she could do split leap into gainer pike off the end yeah that would be beautiful she would show that gorgeous pike position no twisting yeah jenny we've solved it she might be keeping the double twist because of whatever her upgrade is planned to be for this summer that's the other way i'm kind of looking at these elite athletes in ncaa is what are they sort of adjusting that's going to help them for the summer Speaking of, I was curious that Aaliyah Finnegan didn't do bars. Is that more to do with just coming back from this wrist injury, do you think? I think it's the wrist injury. Yeah. She, she was off of beam for first, right, for the wrist injury. And yeah. now it's bars, which is, of course, she's not in gymnastics for me to be happy that she gets a gym slam. But I need her to get a 10 on bars so she can get a gym slam. Oh, was that the only one she's missing? <laughs> yeah <laughs> nice yeah because she has beam she has floor she has vault but no bars yeah and i know she switched back to the urchenko one and a half because that was easier on her wrist than the emilian chick mm -hmm. in this rotation lsu was over on floor speaking of freshman leadoff connor mcclain she can go any place in the rotation <laughs> about this lineup is any of the gymnasts they put up within their depth can go at any place in the lineup and score whatever the hell they want yeah. like they're they have realistically little to no built-in deductions that would actually be taken they have good enough choreography they have the personality sierra ballard sat this out but the first home meet of the year, the broadcast of it, Sierra Ballard steps up and is taught, like mouthing the words that the announcer is saying. And you can just see her like bop her head to it. And it's like, it's time for a floor party. And that level of energy and party, and then also taking it so not serious is what this whole lineup is. And it's so great. And it, the tumbling's great. The personality's great. It's all there. It was a really fun rotation to watch. Yeah. I feel like when she's in, it's usually an Amari Drayton spot, right? Amari's been in and out and Sierra's been in and out. And I wonder if Jay Clark read everyone's tweets because Sierra really took off on that double layout this year. And it mm -hmm. is one of the best double layouts in the country. And everyone kept saying Sierra needs to go later in the lineup and she started to go later in the lineup. So she's kind of been 
everywhere in the lineup this year. The thing that impressed me about Connor, I mean, her performance quality, her flexibility and leaps are just absolutely gorgeous. But she does that one and a half to front full. And I thought her twisting is very crisp. I loved watching the way that she does that. We see a lot of those and some people don't twist as nicely as she does, but she's got very tidy, crispy twisting. Yeah. The one thing on twisting that I've started to notice, someone pointed this out about Audrey Davis and why she'll never get a 10 on floor, which is a really crass way to put it, is you'll notice gymnasts when they twist and you lunge out, but when they do front twisting and it's a front full or front double, your controlled lunge is a step forward, not a step to the side and across. And the LSU gymnast, Connor in particular, but the LSU gymnast, I can tell that is something that they work on and it is really, really, really controlled. That's a great thing to watch for. Are they stepping exactly forward? You see a lot of the front double twists on a lot of teams where there's a lot of crossover step. It's the Sean Johnson Aminar crossover step. Wow. <laughs> exactly. And it like it looks like they didn't know when to stop twisting. Yeah. Everyone in this rotation was just really, really fabulous. So good. I thought this was one of KJ Johnson's best routines. I watched it again and again, and I just, maybe some of the leaps if we're being picky, but like, I didn't know really what to take. The landings were so controlled. The only thing I wondered, and you don't get a good sense of this on TV, I'd, I'd like to see it in person. She doesn't seem like she gets as much height as some of the other tumblers. Mm -hmm. So on the, I mean, to do an open tuck full in is pretty incredible, but it just didn't look like it was as high as some of the other mounts. But the control, you couldn't take anything from it at all. Her landings were yeah, straight up and down, no movement. Yeah. And then we got to see the Finnegan away, <laughs> second 10 in a row. Huh. Such I a beautiful job. It is. I don't think this one was this is so controversial. I don't think this routine was as dynamic as her past ones. Like the the jump out of the Arabian, I took in my hypothetical scoring, I took a little bit for that because there was a pause and it just looked like she didn't go anywhere. But she, of course, she's an elite gymnast and elite gymnasts know how to find a shape. It, no matter if they're <laughs> five centimeters off the ground, they will find that shape. But it looked like she was hardly off the ground. Yeah, it was not a rebound. You're right. Uh, the double Arabian looked like it landed really well, mm -hmm. but there wasn't that additional forward momentum to explode into the leap. She had to kind of make the leap happen. And I thought the same things with her leaps in the routine too. They just, it looked like it didn't rise. She hit the shapes, but her leaps were just like a little too towards the ground as opposed to up in the air as, as I would have liked. Yeah. But still a very great routine. The way she lifts for that two and a half twist at the end. Oh, I love that. <laughs> that looks so good. She is so good. And then this is where I think the commentators picked up on Jay Clark's verbiage. Yeah. The final two hammers are coming up <laughs> for Haley and Kaya. Okay, the way Kaya Johnson kicked out of her double pike at the end, 
and stuck it cold. It made me nervous for her ankles, but it was a super exciting way to land that pass. Yeah. I'm still so amazed that she is performing floor. I'm always amazed when gymnasts get injured on a skill and are able to do that skill again. Like they know that the injury is an anomaly and they're not going to get injured every single time they do that skill. I would be crying every single time I would have to probably. It's just another piece of evidence. Like you said, they are superhuman. They are so incredible, so resilient that she can not only go into the double pike with confidence, but own the double pike and stick it. I've wondered about that too. When you see an athlete go up and do the skill again that they got injured on, it always makes me nervous, but I know that they've obviously worked through all that. (laughs) I, that brings up a good thing too, that I want to talk a little bit about is the focus on mental health that they did during some of the commentary, Mm -hmm. which was, it's really, really great that the, the shift in the sport is starting to take place. I think some of the things that they talked about in the commentary is like, and, and I don't mean this to me to be belittling, but entry level mental health, but that is still such a big, 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 big step for college, for NCAA, for gymnastics, for NCAA gymnastics. And Bridget has great insight on it as well. It's like, you can't do any of that if you do not feel confident in your team and yourself and your environment. And so I thought the the pushes that we're seeing in commentary to mention those things is probably going to have an impact on future generations of the sport. Yeah, agreed. I've heard many athletes talk about how gymnastics is 90% mental. Physical, Mm -hmm. they've been doing that since they were six or four. (laughs) They know they can do the skills. They have to get themselves in the right mindset and believe in what their bodies can do. And you're right. Every little thing can play into that from social media to something that they've just seen in the meet before them, which we'll talk about in the fourth rotation. I may have questions about whether Kaya should be going out there and going all around every single week. But the fact that she can do that shows that she is a, a mental giant. Yeah. Yeah. And on the other end of that, without injury, Haley, going every single week. I mean, she had one injury two years ago that took her out for a little bit, but for her to be steady Eddie for the last two years, really for the last four years, even when she was injured two years ago, she was still in some lineups. And when she got better, she was back scoring high. It is a testament to not just those two, but to all the athletes who've come back from injury or have had a hard day just in general and be able to flip and twist and do things that 99% of the population can't do is so incredible. Yeah. The people we see doing all four every single week, the Raina Worleys and Peyton Harris from Ohio state. And it's remarkable. Mm-hmm. They're not doing it as much at Michigan state this year. And I think it's because they have too many <laughs> great competitors. Nikki Smith might not make that beam lineup one week or Gabby Steven might not make the floor lineup one week. So they're doing three instead of four. Which takes a whole other mental strength to have restraint and not be upset with yourself. I can imagine of not being all around. You hear gymnasts talk about it a little bit of it's such a different dynamic to go for the team 
as opposed to competing for yourself. And sometimes going for the team is not being on all four every single week or not being on all four the whole season. Right. Right. Two gymnasts I'm missing on the Florida team at the end of this beam lineup. One, the obvious, Morgan Hearn. Yes. Wish her well. I love the performances they've already done. I want more. And then Alyssa Arena. Mm. In the, I think this past year was the first year that they did the, we call it developmental championships now, where they had the specialist route. And she was the champion in the specialist session on bars and beam. Mm. And one bar routine that went 8.4. And we haven't seen her on beam. And I really am, that is one person in my fantasy gymnastics. I do not know why. But I am holding on near and dear because I am just hoping, Alyssa Arena, if you're hearing this, to come out clutch on bars and beam. Because I never, when I think about drafting freshmen or just looking at freshmen, I never count a national champion out. No matter what session, no matter what event, national champion on that event, like, realistically, they probably will make a lineup at some point. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I... I have a few people on my fantasy team I'm hanging on for as well. <laughs> Anna Roberts from Stanford. Uh-huh. Waiting for that week that you come out. <laughs> I know that's that Stanford team. It is randomly they the gymnast will score a 39-8 and then a 39-2. <laughs> yeah. Which again, I love the peaks and valleys. Keeps you on your toes. And in terms of Morgan, I've been seeing online they'll sometimes warm up either floor or beam that week mm -hmm. uh, might not be in the top. So maybe that means that they're in that seven or eight spot and we might see Morgan come back in at some point. I'd certainly love watching their performances and especially floor. So mm -hmm. I agree with you. I hope saw her on the sideline cheering on yeah. <laughs> the, the very open back of this particular leotard showed off her back tattoo beautifully. And we just want to see them back on the events. She still looks like she's having the time of her life. Mm -hmm. I cannot wait until I see them having the time of their life on the floor again. Cause that's right. It's so good. Beam and floor. Beam maybe, and floor. maybe not bars, but that's okay. I, now, no, I, in the exhibition, if she can re recreate that silly little peel again, that'd yeah. be really, just <laughs> It's okay, Alyssa will do bars. We'll let I Morgan. I want Alyssa. So heading into the final rotation, so LSU was on the beam. Yeah. Sierra Ballard leading off. Such a great position for her. They did a nice little feature on her uh -huh. being the solid leadoff and did a great job. She has just come into her own this year on beam too and on floor she, always a great gymnast but whatever she did in the off season if something clicked if whatever it is if this is just her year where she's feeling great i think she's really stepped into her own not just as a gymnast but as a leader and you can tell and i think we're just waiting for the tribute routine where she could do her mom's routine one week Yes. Mom Lori also competed at Georgia while I was at Alabama. Oh. So shout out to Lori Strong. 
maybe Sierra can't decide which one she wants to do. Am I doing the Olympic routine? Am I doing one of her Georgia routines? I just can't decide. I think Sierra has a fifth year. Let me check. Cause so the tribute routine may be coming. In the fifth year. Yeah, she has a fifth year. She's just a fourth year senior. So she could do it. Connor in the third spot. Mm-hmm. What can you say? It's the wolf jump. Yeah. Jaw-dropping slow-mo on the leaps. I mean, her Bridget and... didn't even know what to say when they showed the slow-mo leaps. Her and Faith Torres, they have that little sassy wolf jump of, not only am I doing really hard shit in my routine, but let me just do this simple little jump that shows you I can do easy things and hard things better than everyone else. And it's it's so great. It's so great. It's been the season of there being an unconnected leap on beam or an unconnected leap on floor that's obviously just being done, like you said, because they can do it perfectly and they're showing off. Yeah, sometimes I know based off of the requirements, it's needed if they don't have a if I remember correctly, it's just, if they don't have a D-level dance or some connection that doesn't add up to a D-level dance, but a switch half is a D-level. So right. I honor's just doing that and on top of choreography. Just showing off. Being like, the best. Being the best. That is virtuosity. Like, at its finest, that's what you're supposed to show is, you know, some gymnasts get tens by doing the absolute least and even at the elite level, Simone Biles got a gold medal on beam by doing the absolute least. Whereas Connor on beam in the NCAA is, I will do more and then just a little leap in between. Yeah, yeah. And it was very beautiful. The dismount was almost there. Yeah. Leaned forward a little bit to hold the stick, I thought. Maybe piked in the air. Yeah, this rotation, highs and lows. Haley, another yeah. high, I think. Haley rocked that one. Yeah. She, yeah, just, again, steady Eddie on all four events. There's not much you can say about her as a gymnast and, again, as a leader for the team. No matter what kind of rotation they're having, like on beam where it's a mess or on vault where everyone's great, she's keeping everyone level. Yeah, that standing front tuck, no movement. Yeah. Love her running Rudy dismount. I thought there was a little form in real time, but then they showed it in replay and it was like, oh no, <laughs> there's no form. That was perfect. <laughs> it was great. She was um, great. And then a little wobbly for Annie and Kaya and Aaliyah. Yeah. Just a few little things. Yeah. One of the things that stands out for me for Beam is a few little things are like not that big of a deal in other events. Whereas one wobble on a series can take you from a 10 to realistically to a 965 to a 97. Like if you lift a leg up, arm wobble twice, step back, break at the hips, break at the hips too. All of those are our deductions for one scenario and it seems to get in the heads of a lot of gymnasts too if a little something goes wrong Mm -hmm. there can be nervy rest of the routines (laughs) which i think you could tell with 
virtually everyone who yeah. was there. They they held it together, but you could tell they were it was a little they had to use a lot of mental effort to keep it on. Yeah, that speaks again to that mental side of the gymnastics where you have to have a real short memory. If you yeah. have a little wobble in your first leap, move it out of the out of the way and keep going. Yeah. So then floor, I love V in the leadoff position on floor. We get to start with beauty, these leaps. Mm -hmm. Her choreo is so gorgeous. Mm -hmm. Speaking of trouble rebounding into a leap, though, this That's one's been a challenge this season. It was good last season. And I loved watching her technique on it last season. But her and Aaliyah have... the. I don't know if it's the same issue, but there's the same hesitation and same lack of travel up and down in these rebounding leaps. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, Victoria, when she landed, she just looks a little loose in the knees and like you want to be able to rebound, but it looked like an uncontrolled landing. Like she was so uncontrolled anyway. And again, the plus of being an elite gymnast is you can hit a shape no matter where you are in the air, which is, again, incredible. But it was just not as clean as it's been, particularly last year. And then on her final tumbling pass, she does the one and a half to front layout. Mm -hmm. She planted her feet, looked like she was going to stick it, and then moved one foot back into a lunge. Which it doesn't look like she was out of control, but it still feels like that should be a deduction because yeah. your lunge should be forward. The first thing I thought of about that is when Sloan has gotten a 10 when she did the double Arabian and instead of lunging forward or gymnasts do this sometimes, they'll take both feet out. Split which, the landing, yeah. Which apparently sometimes if the judges feel like it shows enough control, which is... I don't like that because it's not a strict enough rule. But it kind of reminded me of that too. Like she paused and then stepped back. So whatever the judges wanted to do, they could have, because again, the judges were doing whatever they wanted to do. Fourth rotation. <laughs> they gave her a 9925. What did you give that routine? I felt like I was, I it was nice with a 98. Because it was, it was the jump and then the step back. Yeah, really, it was both tumbling passes were, yeah, had some challenges. Yeah. Beautiful routine. Got no problems with the way she performs. Just both tumbling passes had landing control deductions. I am happy Jeremy is not giving her an EDM track because she <laughs> needs to stay lyrical and classic. Yes. I would be very sad. So Anya Pilgrim, uh, I'm uh, so impressed with everything she does. Uh, this this dismount, though, uh -huh. she had to throw it a little further back, hang on to it longer. Mm -hmm. It wasn't a big break, but it was something not totally right about that double pike dismount. Yeah, she just walks into every tumbling pass. <laughs> It's too easy for her. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's what it is, is she scooted back. For some people, pedal to the metal, she's in neutral, basically. And I think she kind of hit the gas a little bit when it was in drive and probably a little too much. 
Like, whoa, oh, <laughs> I'm Which good. Is a great issue. A great, great issue for her to have. Her triple full twisting leaps that sometimes get a little squirrely were right on. Fabulous. And again, up and up mm-hmm. and up. And I know people talk about this all the time. It should rise consecutively. And hers did today. And judges don't take for it. But when you see it, and then it just makes you think about all the times that it's never been taken for any other gymnast. And it's it's beautiful. She's, we've said this so many times already, but already a star, going to be oh, even a love star. Her. Yeah. Love her. It makes you want the judges to be stricter when people aren't hitting those leap positions and aren't able to do things as extended as mm-hmm. Anya Pilgrim can do them. <laughs> yeah. That's the only way you're going to get differentiation between the scores. Mm-hmm. I feel like Kathy Johnson Clark now that I've solved it all. <laughs> so we had a roller coaster ride at the end of this rotation. First off, Sloan Blakely, absolutely one of the best floor exercise routines I've ever seen her do. Mm-hmm. Everything was right on. Such a big moment. Yeah. And then Peyton Richards, who had been out sick for a couple of weeks. I think Mm -hmm. she's been back in for a week or maybe two. I had seen on Twitter before I watched the meet that there was an injury. And I always hate that. So I hate going into the routine and thinking, I don't want to watch this. But it was almost like the Trinity injury where the double layout looked strong. She landed it. She moved on. And then she stopped. She was kind of pointing to the middle of her foot. But it was very a la Trinity. Yeah. Which is unfortunate. I mean, I remember her 2022 being the last person up on floor at the NCAA finals when it really didn't matter. And she had her career best routine and then ended up being such a solid all arounder last year. And so definitely missed her. Mm -hmm. And for her to come back this week with that injury, I hope it's nothing too much that takes her out for the rest of the season. Yeah, sending lots of good thoughts for quick recovery. I certainly hope she can get back in. I know that Florida doesn't have quite as much depth on floor, and it's a place where they certainly need her. But, of course, the most important thing is that she's healthy and wishing the best for her. I did think it was interesting. They called out in the broadcast that she scored a 2. And the official score sheet shows a 5.4. You know your head coach is a brevet judge when, right? <laughs> yeah. She was going to make sure she did not get scored a two. Yeah. I know the judges have to judge every routine, but damn, do they have to give say it too? I know. I know. Like, Just skip it. Let her be. Let her be. Yeah. Yeah. It was a very sad moment. The quiet in the O-Dome was very off-putting. It got very quiet. I think Bart and Bridget didn't quite know what to say. They sort of kept the cameras on her. So it was it was a very awkward and horrible moment, you know. We then also, had to, they put oh, up the wrong music before. Yes, she had to walk off and had to restart. Yeah. And you know, the mental game too. I wonder yes. I wonder if that played into it. Correlation is not exactly causation, but when you're ready to go and then you're like, oh. Stop. Throws you a little off your game. Yeah. 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 But the I double felt great. So I wonder, I wonder 
what it is and hopefully we'll see her back this season yeah. hopefully also, hopefully she's back kaylee bluffstone the freshman from i just love this florida freshman team like they're so dynamic so different from each other and so i love that kaylee is now getting into lineups again Alyssa, i need you in lineups too but and her full in is great great that it was a great routine and to your point there are some teams with big freshman class where we don't see a lot of them and between anya kaylee gabby and danny yeah we saw four of the freshmen performing at this meet counting in the lineups and that's great for florida's future i think part of it is they need to yeah (laughs) (laughs) to be frank and and again jenny has said trust they're going to trust the process and actually put freshmen out there and actually put leanne out there and olympic preparation routines and speaking of wow and did i say skylar i don't even think i said skylar so five five freshmen (laughs) and then of course leanne wong the most impossible position to put an athlete in right you just watched your teammate get injured the meets riding on you going out and hitting a 985 or 9825 or whatever it was and completes the career gym slam yeah <laughs> and i think deservedly so based off the scoring like oh yeah. yeah glad she got it with a double layout instead of a triple twist because we would talk about that for the rest of our lives that double layout is where has that been chef's kiss yeah and the whip half front full yeah. So open, so pretty. She really does that beautifully. I wonder if that's going to become a whip half front double in Elite. Ooh. Just tossing out ideas. <laughs> I know she kept it as a front full in Elite last year. So I wonder, I, I am curious to see what her upgrades are. Yeah. yeah. But... Shout out to Leanne for Courage and Slam. First career 10. Really beautifully done. 39.875 all around. Yeah. We all kneel to Leanne Wong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's not much to say besides she is she's a force. She's a force. I hope she has a great rest of her season and wishing her all the best as she heads toward the elite season as well. Mm-hmm. It's a lot to handle, but if anyone can handle it, Leanne and a can. business and an actual major, like she is doing everything. She's doing it all. Yeah. She's doing it all. Yeah. So Florida, one ninety eight point one five was the final score given uh-huh. at the at the meet. Huh. That is a score. One ninety seven point nine five for LSU. I think had it in three of the SEC teams had one regular season loss Mm -hmm. so this puts florida ahead in terms of the regular season sec over lsu and maybe by next weekend we're gonna wrap that up Mm -hmm. i know that arkansas also beat kentucky last night right yeah so that threw a little wrench in things too yeah but arkansas has a tie ah so if Florida wins, I think they will win outright. Outright. Yeah. I believe. Which is exciting. Go Gators. 
Yeah, go Gators. And in a season where they lost quite a bit of talent, to be yeah. able to restock, get back to this level, good on them. And yeah. um, then getting to cello back next season and maybe some of these gymnasts back from injuries. Mm-hmm. We could see a really, really big uh, Florida season coming down the pike. Yeah. My scoring had LSU winning this. What was your final score? LSU 197.65, Florida 197.2. Yeah, I have to say I was not scoring along, but just the visual of the meet and the number of visible errors we saw. I would have imagined LSU would have come out on top on this one. Yeah. I thought they had a stronger meet. And I have a feeling they were about to if it weren't for me. Yeah. But I don't think Beam was enough, given the rest of the meet, for them to lose. And I say that as a Florida fan. Yeah. That's the thing, right? You have to be undeniable. I know that they're probably going to look at this meet and realize they, LSU, also made some errors that they shouldn't have made. So, yeah. You should never leave it to the judges, no matter if the judges are in favor, quote-unquote, are you for you or not? Yeah, that's right. And they they left a few too many doors open. and Yeah, especially on being. Yeah. Well, this was really fun. Yeah, thank you again for having me. This was really fun to recap it. Yeah, thank you so much for joining me. I think we're off to watch Winter Cup, right? Off to watch Winter Cup. And then the week starts over again for... Yeah. Boy, got to catch up on the rest of the weekend. That's right. That's right. So many meets, so, so little time. <laughs> I know. I usually put it on in the background during the day when I'm like doing my day job and working on bigger tasks. And I can just look up a little bit into a second monitor and then look back. Yeah, I'm interested to the second half of Big Five is tonight. Mm-hmm. So I'm interested to see that's going to be Michigan as well as Maryland, Iowa, Illinois, and Penn State. So I'm excited to see how that one goes. Mm-hmm. great well if fans want to reach out to you and discuss florida gymnastics or any other topics how can people find you my gymnastics twitter is at jade carries dad <laughs> and then my regular twitter and social media is at my name connor jor c-o-n-n-e-r-j-u-r-e amazing follow all or none of them <laughs> Well, enjoy the rest of the weekend. Enjoy Winter Cup. And uh, I can't wait to do this again. Yeah, likewise. Thank you again for having me on. Amazing. We'd love to hear from our listeners. What would you like to hear us discuss on a future episode? You can reach out to me on Twitter at KentyMac or email KentyMac at gmail.com. Please subscribe to the show and click rate us wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, check out video of some of these conversations on my YouTube channel, KentyMac gymnastics. Thank you so much for listening. See you next week. Stay safe and enjoy gymnastics. Double back with Kenty Mac.